I'm Laura Phillips, and you're listening to a podcast by Hip Fee Hype, where we discuss new ideas around housing, sustainability, and climate action to explore ways to support the sustainable growth of our cities and regions. We respectfully acknowledge that Hypecast is recorded on traditional Aboriginal lands, which have been sustained for thousands of years. We honour their ongoing connection to these lands and seek to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians in our work. Construction sites generate an enormous amount of waste. Research from RMIT found that in 2017, 20.4 million tonnes of construction and demolition waste was generated in Australia. 33% of this waste went into landfills, with the rest either illegally dumped, stockpiled, recycled or reused. What if instead of sending these materials to landfill, they can be salvaged and repurposed for a second life, including as joinery and furniture? Revival Projects is the only builder in Australia to hold domestic and commercial registration whilst operating a 100% sustainable manufacturing facility exclusively using recycled materials. Today I sit down with Rob Neville, founder of Revival Projects, and Liam Wallace, director at HipBee Hype, to discuss how the construction industry can better repurpose materials and embrace the circular economy. Rob, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Tell us about how you came to start Revival and about Revival's Zero Footprint Repurposing Initiative. Well, I moved to Melbourne 10 years ago and that was on the back of the Christchurch earthquake. So I came here and was just hustling for work in the CBD and pretty much immediately started my journey of becoming a registered building practitioner here in Victoria and got my commercial building license and set up camp in Fitzroy, really fell in love with the culture and the opportunity and the people and the vibrancy and diversity that I you know really felt at home with in Fitzroy and Collingwood and the music scene at that time and started just channeling my passion for taking a more sustainable approach to building through the projects that I was working on at the time and pretty local level you know currency of cold beer at the right time to the demolition crews three o'clock on a Friday conveniently placed slabs of beer would often result in me then being able to return at the middle of the night and precariously balance as much timber as I possibly could in my panel van and trundle down Smith Street or Brunswick Street back to my garden. And I found even even when I obtained my commercial building license, it was still quite, there was so many hurdles to incorporate repurposing at any scale into into the construction jobs that I was working on you know if you weren't involved at the right juncture at concept design or there wasn't already an established appetite for seeking out those alternatives it's a pretty tough it was a pretty tough process you know you had to go to find us if it was a had a structural application or was overhead in a commercial environment like a ceiling feature or something you needed a structural engineer and then trying to find a structural engineer to look at certifying recycled timbers in in structural application you know forget about it and generally shy away then you know finding joinery manufacture facility that was happy to work with something that was going to be full of nails and going to blunt in all the blades finding a builder again who's willing to you know accommodate what is essentially or what is often perceived as a much more difficult way around things so you got this you know even though i had my own license it was still a lot of roadblocks to seeing it go from tokenistic and you know bolt on to fundamental norm in terms of a sustainable approach to a whole construction project and so that was what really yeah fueled the inception of revival it was like this is way too bloody difficult you know how can we 
how can we make this easier for everyone? Um, and so I had one structural engineer who I would convince to tolerate my ideas, you know, like, oh, let's use this recycled timber beam I found instead of that, you know, brand new off the shelf, perfect, perfectly calculated structural properties, steel joist or, you know, steel beam. Let's use this timber <laughs> that's, you know, been holding up a roof for 200 years and then from an old growth forest on the other side of the world grown in the ground organically you know for several hundreds of years yeah so I had this one structural engineer that that would tolerate those ideas and one day I just said I'm going to set up a business that just does this and just makes it easier and with you and me and you know a bit of work and establishing the ability to be able to go from concept through to execution you know present as the principal contractor or the furniture maker or the structural engineer yeah we're going to make it much more accessible for people to take a much more sustainable approach so that was it you know it was good fun you know and it really was born out of genuine interest and passion anyway so it wasn't like how are we going to set up a business that's going to make money it's like geez we're in this gig this industry it doesn't feel great to be destroying the planet and you know fueling this completely linear economy or process and materials and culture that's just driven probably more so by profit than sustainability or or anything else so yeah that led to the setup of revival and then yeah that was about four and a half years ago but what, what kind of applications have you found that you, the materials have been repurposed for? Furniture and joinery is one that one we've mentioned. What else have you seen? With us, it's centred around repurposing as an approach. What have we got that already exists that we can repurpose and shepherd to a new application rather than paying money to throw it away, often in a destructive way, and then also spending money and often in a destructive way paying for new materials to to do that new application how can we just repurpose what we've got so timber is the the top of the list you know it's so malleable it's so relevant to a lot of applications you know whether it's well any part of a building you know for for a long time timber was and in some parts of the world still timber is the, the bulk of a construction project you know for us we manufacture furniture and joinery and you know we'll take on anything whether it's doors windows tables chairs if the if it's an idea that's feasible and possible with the materials that are present then we'll have a red hot crack at it retail fit outs and hospitality fit outs you know whether it's bars or cafes and restaurants office fit outs even just locally speaking you know hospitality barbershops retail so yeah, I think wherever there's wherever it can fit in context of the concept and the vision and be an effective use of the material, then we'll make it happen. It's been actually quite interesting down at Fitzroy where we're building the new Industry Beans at the moment, where March Studio are the architect and Industry Beans set up their first venue on Fitzroy Street. And they have to move out. They've just moved out of it. It's being demolished. Their, their existing venue is being demolished to make way for a new hotel called The Standard. Just for the listeners at home, one of Robbie's conditions in coming in and being part of our podcast today was that we had some cold beers waiting for him on the table because he's pedalled all the way up the hill from South Melbourne up here to Brunswick and, and he's pulled out of his bag these awesome timber coasters. 
made from the uh, the old timber trusses in the Ferraz and York warehouse, and they're definitely going straight to the pool room. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting, you know, because we like the, all this stuff around circular economy or repurposing, and we we see that point you made before around you know so so many of these ideas today being around you know around bolt-on solutions, and one of the things that really stood out about revival for us was that you'd enter, you'd integrated that construction component with the engineering certification capacity and it was that real kind of like the simple idea of seeking to remove a critical barrier and enable your business to to move from just these bolt-on solutions around reuse to actually kind of structurally integrating timbers and when you know when you came to us and we were presented with that idea it just like it just made sense you know light bulb went off it's like okay we can see the potential of this you know where we're about to demolish this building there's all these timber trusses involved we were having trouble with our demolition contractor at the time like the the trusses in particular were, were presenting a logistical issue for our demolition contractor and you just happened to come across and we happened to come across you at a, at a really good time and it was kind of like well there's there's not much to lose and with your ideas and passion it was pretty clear you're going to do something pretty incredible with the material so it's just one of those points in time where you just give it a go right mm. it's not much to lose and plenty to gain you know i i was excited about what we could do so the existing building that was on the hip v hype site was it's approximately 70 meters long and there was 30 or so massive timber trusses that spanned best part of 10 meters from left to right in a single span timber beam so the bottom quarter of the truss the triangle which is the timber truss of the roof structure that was 10 meters pretty much from tip to tip and then so you had these big triangular timber trusses and then on top of that you had a whole load of timber purlins and so we salvaged over 2,000 lineal meters of timber by you know garnering the support from hip v hype and striking up a deal of how it was all going to work and then coordinating salvage operation with their demolition contractor and in the throes of getting ready to remove carefully remove those timbers from site we struck up a deal with the developer who owned what is the remaining half of the city block where that developer is also imminently going to develop 90 one-bed studio apartments there. We pitched this idea to them who were also really accommodating of the ideas we were talking about. And we pitched the idea to, you know, let us set up a workshop in the existing building that was on the remaining half of the city block where the hip v hype development's located that's a bit of a mouthful and i hope i've explained it well so you've got a full city block two developers operating side by side one's hip v hype one's perry projects and r- literally the stars aligned for a, a, a full circle repurposing site on-site activation in so many ways the stars aligned from material to timing and to you know industry appetite for what we're trying to do and people being available to consider these ideas and the ways we propose celebrating the materials and that space before it's transformed because also there's the the angle of logistics yeah so like the logistics of repurposing is such a barrier or seen as a barrier i guess in the context of how existing demolition contractors work but but what you've done like in this instance is like you talk about the the city block two developers you know ostensibly separate entities but but you've been able to come in we've found you've proposed a use for the trusses that were on our side and logistically you've been able to kind of take them right next door in an empty warehouse and start repurposing um 
it's seemingly in quite a flexible way like it seems it seems like your setup can be set up you know quite quickly can be redeployed to, to a different warehouse say quite quickly it seems to me that like one of the biggest barriers in this space is the perception of logistics so i've got to move 2000 linear meters of timber from here i've got to take it to a to a warehouse in brooklyn i've got to store it for six months and then got to find a buyer who's going to take it off my hands you know so th- there's all these excuses and you know, one of the coolest things you've been able to do is number one just being the kind of guy you are you strike up a, a relationship with the developer next door take the timber right next door you talk about activation you've started kind of just off your own bat producing kind of these items like little furniture pieces that are really awesome use of the timber and capture people's imaginations you've been running some timber workshop classes you've been getting some females involved in timber working i know claire parry from our team got in there and made herself a pretty pretty sweet little stool during what was that through that was um sustainable living festival yeah so like it's all of these perceived barriers to, to being able to repurpose these materials you're just kind of flying in the face of a lot of that it's just been good fun and you know nothing is as i guess once you get a bit of momentum and you know you guys giving us that opportunity to to salvage that quantity of material that was a place you know and and then that leading on with momentum into setting up in the workshop on that same city block it's not a hard sell when people can come down and if you're passionately bringing something to life that makes sense from a sustainable standpoint offering a, an alternative in in your approach in an approach to an alternative approach sorry to construction it's not a, it hasn't been a hard sell for me and so you know some of the initial projects we've executed using the materials that we salvaged from your site was rude boy burger up the road it's one of the first ones a rude boy burger in west brunswick on albion street you know they came down and had a look and we showed them some samples of the timber and you know we were we do homemade stains and oils and finishes there and so we showed them you know how we propose using it in a commercial space and they what like i said it wasn't a hard sell i've never had to give it a hard sell that one was actually there's been a few projects which i can touch on but that one was quite pretty exciting because it incorporated some structural engineering straight off the bat where we lifted out one third of their existing shop front and created a takeaway burger and coffee and they actually got in touch with us through industry beans they were striking up a deal to buy coffee off them and then i got a call and i was like come down to the workshop i'm not too sure what they would have thought when i tried to describe it over the phone but they came down and i was like this could be a burger bar this could be this you know i've got a salvaged window over there make it easy for you and so we ended up you know delivering this a new bar and some structural modifications to their existing building for a fraction of what it would have cost if they went to all these different entities like a structural engineer a timber yard a joiner a commercial builder so it was a really nice sort of i guess case study of a project which incorporates several different dimensions of a of a construction um job you know even though it's pretty small scale if they you know if if we weren't able to bring it all in-house then it would have been a lot uh, more hard work and a lot more expensive that idea about we'll make it easy for you makes it not a hard sell so what challenges do you see about expanding this concept to a much larger scale how this could possibly have a greater impact over the next five to ten years or how the construction industry could embrace the circular economy on a 
on a more industrial scale. I think pushing people out of their comfort zones is a big thing. Changing the way that we think about what we demolish. You know, we've got we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror as an industry and interrogate the current process in terms of waste and construction waste. Before we started the podcast, we were just chatting about, you know, I was harping on about the volume of demolition happening um, all over Melbourne every day. And the, I think the absence of legislative pressure on developers and architects to assess and identify what existing materials we already have and how they might be relevant to the new developments that they're working on. That's meant oftentimes I come across new developments at the moment, the architects actually haven't been to site. You know, that's an industry norm for architects. You know, they might not even go to site. We're talking about big developments, or maybe one of the team does. And so that's a really interesting, I think, symptom of our, you know, practice as a culture where there's no it's not a priority to identify what's already there, what do we already have, and how relevant is it to what, what we're proposing to do. Not wanting to sound like fucking Captain Planet, but, you know, I love the tagline, first do no harm, in the context of this discussion. You know, we've got places around the city that need to evolve, and, you know, heritage buildings that are full of really special materials. Those buildings need to evolve. We can't just put a glass cage around everything in the city and say, oh, we're protecting the heritage of it. You know, I don't believe that that's the way forward, but actually taking a closer look at what's already there and how it might be relevant to the work that we're proposing on that site, that's where that's where I sit, I reckon. That's where we can, so scaling up and moving forward and growing it, I reckon. But it's like your, the, the impact, like your greatest impact as far as like I'm concerned is, is almost like demonstrating to the broader industry what's possible. So, you know, the discussions that you're having, I remember, <laughs> you know, when, when you guys rocked up on site and we we're interacting with the demo contractors on our site and the guys were sort of pulling out chainsaws and just gutting, gutting the warehouse. Not, and, and that's like pretty standard, right? They're pretty, pretty rough kind of dudes. Get out there, get the job done, get the materials out. There's established value structures in the industry. You know, you've come along, you've taken a, a different approach, perhaps a more delicate approach. You know, you, you're looking for value, whereas I guess that, that standard industry position is, is, you know, it's much more of an industrial scale operation and they're not necessarily looking for value. They're just looking to do things the way that they've always done them. So your biggest intervention is demonstrating the value of, of you know, of, of Oregon Beams where, you know, the standard demolition contractor might turn around and sort of scoff at the value of Oregon as an example you're turning around repurposing it into beautiful products that people value sending then I guess sending a message to to those demo contractors that hey guys perhaps you might want to think a little bit differently about what you're doing with this material like for us you know, we've been involved in a couple of projects now that, that have, you know, used recycled messmate timber floors. And it's it's a joke going around the industry at the moment. I saw something pop up on a demolition contractor's Instagram page the other week where they were talking about the price of messmate going through the roof um, because of the demand side kicking in, you know. So there's a couple of projects off the back of Nightingale and, and a couple of the other projects that we've been involved with that have kind of made messmate desirable. Mate timber floorboards desirable as a product 
and it's having a price effect. So, you know, your average demo contractor out there is now repurposing a material that would have otherwise potentially just ended up, you know, on the sidelines. So like I, th- I think there's a real piece there, you know, for guys like yourself to be, and again, getting back to this idea of it's not stick on, it's, it's integral, you know, the approach is integral and, and demonstrating to other structural engineers out there that this is possible and that it's not taking a huge leap. It's more of an iterative step and a slightly different way of approaching how they might, you know, pull together their computations for their clients if they want to use a recycled timber beam and you're taking that first leap you're the first mover demonstrating to the industry that you know it's a it's a step worth taking it's i think there's there's a really powerful piece there that that revival projects are part of and and hopefully we're going to see just a whole bunch of copycats infiltrating that like there's so much i cycled past the demolition site and i just thought man like i don't need to be afraid of people you know jumping on and setting up similar business models because that's exactly what we want you know and there's so much now's the time you know before it goes in the bin in 50 years we might not be in the same situation where the city is full of old amazing material now's the time to hit it hard and i hope that i hope it does you know people do get an appetite for it because yeah there's so much out there so much to be done for an example with for us in your our project in south melbourne which we've been working on with revival how do you think the repurposing of, of those materials have contributed to for us in york's you know carbon neutral objectives the, the honest answer the honest answer to that one is that like the life cycle assessment matrix that we're working through and learning all about because it's not I have a lot of uh, information out there. The, the matrix itself doesn't doesn't pay too much attention to the fact that 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 we've um, sought to actively repurpose some of the materials from that existing warehouse. So it basically gives you bugger all points, which is perhaps a problem. It's perhaps getting to to some of Rob's points. You know where we need potentially some legislative change that may carrot and stick approach. Like you know, yes, we expect more from developers and architects, but we're going to set up a framework. That, that rewards that effort at the same time. You know, so systems like, you know, Green Star or as the broader industry gets better at life cycle analysis, we start to perhaps provide a greater reward for, for the repurposing of materials. You know, just to jump in, what's better? You know, how can you beat, if you're using a stick of timber that's already on site, existing and, and part of the existing development that needed to be demolished, you try and quantify the impact that you've had in terms of a more sustainable approach to building how can you beat you're not sending something to landfill you're not using the energy to throw it away the transportation you're not planting trees to cut them down for the new material and then the energy that goes into bringing that to site the energy that you know someone's got to machine that someone's got to transport it someone's got to figure out how much of it they need you're literally just going first let's actually understand what we already own (laughs) what's already here to be used i don't know how you can what's a better example of a sustainable approach to building something new but that's the power of revival you know it's like the the passion energy and effort of one individual and a couple of crew around him is is demonstrating the potential to a broader industry, us included. You know, like we, 
we entered the warehouse and we saw the trusses. We're like, God, these things are seriously good. We've got to do something with them. And that was the beginning of our journey. We didn't know what we were going to do with them. Like we had ideas of trying to pull them out and pull them out in situ and go and build a farmhouse out of them. Like we were trying to figure out how to logistically move these things in one piece. So obviously, you know, there's a narrowness to our thought when, when we aren't necessarily exposed to the potential of ideas and that's that's just one of the coolest things for me and, and one of the reasons we wanted to have this discussion today it's like you, you just you get guys with that creative spirit that come and demonstrate potentiality and 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 you know the industry then then is more aware so you need these leaders you need people like this you need the crazy guys that are willing to kind of like put everything on the line and they'll show you a new way i think that's that's in a really exciting part of this story well, thanks so much liam I think bringing it back to your question, you know, or the question that sort of made me stop in my tracks for a minute, you know, what barriers do we see to scaling up and making it industry norm? I think if we can continue to evolve to become a really effective conduit between what's existing and the new vision and new concepts for spaces, I reckon if we nail that, then it's just going to be a fun ride the whole way because everybody wants things to, you know, everybody wants it to be easier to do better, you know? And if we can, I, th I think that's where we fit in. It's just sort of saying, oh, look, you know, what you already have can be used in this structural application. You know, tell us about your vision. Well, what you already have can be used for this furniture or this cladding or this communal area or whatever it is. Opening opening eyes to the fact that wow you know you already actually own there's a there's a new business idea for you mate like there's the, like a, a consultancy piece so if there's any large developers out there listening in that have got big warehouses around melbourne perhaps before you engage your builder or your demolition contractor give give rob robbie and his team a call get him in there i'm sure he'll be happy to come and consult and and work through a piece that that starts to understand the value of some of the materials that that, that are in your site and what you might what some pathways for you to explore potentially how those materials can be reincorporated into your project or you know robbie and his team can kind of push it out through his pipeline who knows this sort of seems like there's quite a few collaborate to be had for you guys just touching on some of the other projects that we've brought to life using the materials from the hip v hope site for us street 1280 ceramics is a new business which is opened up on sydney road just near sort of towards albion street from where we are here and it's sort of like a i describe it as like a hot desk dynamic where you can subscribe to 1280 ceramics and it gives you access to equipment and training and guidance that that you wouldn't have as like a home ceramics sort of hobbyist and with their entire sort of feature shelving display we built out of the timber boards that held the gutters on at the um, hip v hype site and left them just as raw as possible so you've got this beautiful harmony between very raw old timber and handmade ceramics which is so you know textural and beautiful so that's just up the road from here and that was a wonderful project the shop front we manufactured entirely out of the old ceiling from that was in in the ceramic studio site literally took out 10 macrocarpa beams and made a new shop front out of it um which was a really nice aspect to that job and we're just in the throes of manufacturing all the joinery and furniture for a new whiskey bar going into Coventry Street 
in South Melbourne, which is it's about 500 metres from the Hip V Hype site. For our street, it's not really a whiskey bar. They, they want to be able to sell like nips of whiskey, but it's more of like a boutique retail, but where you can go, like we're talking seriously boutique, like no price tags, if that helps paint a picture. And then even Jose, the owner, was telling me even some of them don't have prices on. And if someone expresses an interest in that particular bottle of whiskey, he'll decide on the spot if they're a legitimate enough customer for him to consider telling them a price, which could come off a little clicky, but it sort of gives you an idea of, you know, the, the, the niche of this whis- of the, you know, the whiskeys that they um, sell. And yeah, we all there. So they've got a bar behind the counter and shelving, which needs to be, it's pretty robust, heavy duty shelving to take the weight of a lot of whiskey bottles that's all being made from the from the roof from the hippie hype site and yeah we're, we're not even halfway through using the materials that we salvaged there we try to take a really efficient approach in terms of design and detail that we put forward how we use the material i definitely believe that the further you can make it go you know the more people are going to interact with it and be engaged by the the narrative and the repurposing that we've made happen there so we're not we're not sort of just carelessly using it up we're very considered in our approach to how we machine the timber and how we use it and how we detail the joinery yeah you mentioned the the workshops for women that we did through february april they were using only materials from the hip v hype site and we're just planning some more workshops at the moment for teenagers this time the idea with the workshops is just to try and improve on the current state of play when it comes to inclusion and accessibility in the when i started i was pretty young when i started my apprenticeship i was 15 and i was into skateboarding and fuzzy guitar music and i didn't always feel like i fit and i just had a small taste of what a lot of people encounter in terms of industry accessibility and so it's another wonderful story that's come out of the the material from the hippie hype is that we've been able to you know it's sort of been the genesis of this wonderful workshop idea down in this space that's going to be demolished and leave no footprint using the materials from the site to be able to create an environment for people where they feel really safe and welcomed and encouraged regardless of their skill set or background so that's pretty exciting and that's yeah like i say that's been the genesis of a whole um dimension of the business which i never which has been a real exciting new thing over the last 12 months as you say there's so much that can come from one idea and it's already permeating into so many other different areas and i suppose people like you are really forging a pathway to demonstrate the broader industry that it can be easy it is possible Mm -hmm. and i suppose that is going to be you know the impetus to see broader change as to how we can better embed the circular economy into the construction industry yeah that's one building you know, we've talked about Rudeboy Burger, 1280 Ceramic Studio, the whiskey bars, the whiskey with Casa Divino, the workshops, you know, where we've already had, you know, over 20 participants and they've taken a, a table home, you know, to to go and enjoy. So when you start to think about the 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 reach that we've had, you know, thanks to that first, I actually reached out to the Hip V Hype online Form. that's how little I knew anyone you know I was a cold caller and you responded 
And I was like, Jesus, the owner's come back to me. This conversation's got legs. <laughs> you know, and that was it. And that's, you know, I'll never forget that. Even if it's, it might be commonplace for you as a business and you as an individual, Liam, to be. It is, know, it is, it is as much as possible. We try to respond to absolutely everyone. But I tell you what, mate, the, the simple idea, you know, the simple idea of having a construction license and, and being a certified engineer at the same time, seeing that on your website and just from my perspective seeing the potential of that as an idea it's just it's an absolute no-brainer i think i think you're going to get some exciting work done over the next few years as i guess the broader appetite for kind of the circular economy and repurposing becomes more and more part of kind of you know standard operation you know on the consumer side more and more people want to see it and i think i think the businesses that are leading in this space are, are, are going to be kind of part of our future story yeah. that's for sure well thank you so much for joining me today thanks guys thanks so much thanks Robbie. cheers cheers thank you for listening to this episode of hypecast if you're listening in on apple podcasts please subscribe and take a moment to leave a review